Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Gamecock Central podcast title pending. If you guys have any amazingly brilliant suggestions let us know on twitter or in the thread here on gamecock central but this is going to be a regular thing it's me pearson fowler if you are not used to hearing my voice on gamecock central you can find me on 107.5 the game between 12 and 1 on weekdays 107.5 the game the home of the gamecocks and here with me as always now going forward Wes mitchell and chris clark whom you know and love and read a lot and do brilliantly and chris even though he's wearing a golden state hat i uh i say all these nice things about you chris why are you wearing the golden state hat uh, at the beach in one of those stores, lids or, you know, something like that down there at uh, one of the outlets or whatever. I thought it was a cool looking hat. And so somebody bought it for me. It is sharp. Family. It's got that kind Thank of uh, like denim y kind of texture, but it's gray. It's nice. I don't like that it's a Golden State hat, but it is a. a I mean, I'm a not a Golden hat. State fan. I thought okay. it was a cool hat. You know, right, it's like fair. a. Uh, I guess it would be the equivalent of an alternate uniform. Um, <laughs> I like that. Our guy Kevin Roche will like it. What is your normal I can guarantee uniform? You. Um, well, this, but no hat normally. <laughs> Y'all are both wearing and not hats. a flat. Bill. I'm not which, wearing a hat. I'm not a hat yeah. person because it messes up my hair, which is curly, and so it gets flat on the top. So I can't wear hats. But maybe we'll just call this podcast hats. Or uh, if you guys have a better idea, again, just let us know. I, I in the think thread somebody out Central. there can come up with something better. We'll have something that. workshop. But regardless of what the title is, this is going to be a fixture. It's me. It's Chris. It's Wes talking about all of the biggest Gamecock headlines this week. South Carolina four and zero in the SEC, winning on the road against Vanderbilt last night. We'll get to that in just a minute. But want to get started with a couple of quick football notes. First of all, guys, either of you hearing anything on the defensive line front? It seemed like South Carolina's. Coaching staff decisions were coming pretty quickly after a couple of raises and extensions were announced, and then Thomas Brown hired as a running back coach, but it's taken a little bit longer to get the defensive line coach situated. You know, one of the names that uh, has really percolated, a name that in which there's been mutual interest, Marion Hobby, uh, most recently Jacksonville Jaguars defensive line coach in the NFL, uh, former Clemson coach, two stints at Clemson, also Duke, Ole Miss under David Cutcliffe, really highly regarded developer, uh, knows the recruiting territory, somebody that Will Muschamp thinks highly of. So, uh, again, like, like Pearson said, just waiting to hear, um, you know, maybe what that situation is going to hold. Um, ideally, you'd like to have somebody in for the weekend, um, given that they've got a bunch of juniors coming in this weekend. They've got some official visitors, including a four-star defensive tackle, Jaquez Sorrells, coming in for an official. Uh, but also, at the same time, I'm sure Muschamp's not going to rush the process. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um... – it sounds like there's a lot of interest from a lot of coaches that have some, you know, diverse backgrounds. And, you know, I think you look at Hobby, you look at the the job he's done at past stops, you look at the NFL experience. And, you know, I, I think when you look at these hires that, that Muschamp has made since his time, uh, most of the guys have a history of bringing in big-time prospects. Uh, most of them have either some type of SEC or, in this case, NFL experience on their resume and, and, and really, they're all guys that, that have something to sell. And I, I think, you know, you talk about recruiting, you talk about the fact that 
the guy has to be able to present um, himself to prospects and to to parents and stuff like that. Um, but also all these guys, I, I think, have the resume that you can sell to the prospects and their parents. And, uh, you know, I, I think if it ends up being hobby, that's a that's a guy who has a history, not just, um, you know, in the NFL, but right here in the state of South Carolina, which which I think helps. Um, and, and then you look at some of the other names that are out there, um, you know, with Reynolds or with uh, with John Scott and, and, and guys like that. I, I think that um, you can sort of see – direction Muschamp wants to take but right now it's also it's been interesting and the thing I like about this podcast is we can maybe give a little background on how you know it is following this type stuff uh it's been interesting how different the D-line hire has been to follow compared to the Thomas Brown hire which was just uh completely straightforward very very um easy to follow there was one name and then it was done and um this one has Chris had I think a few more turns trying to follow what's really going on Definitely. I mean, the Thomas Brown thing, like you said, pretty straightforward. There was there was an opportunity, that, and it came together pretty quickly where there was a position on the team that South Carolina, uh, with, with Will Muschamp, wanted to upgrade. Uh, you get a chance, a coach that's available with ties to another coach, who's Brian McClendon, a guy who played with Thomas Brown, coached with him at Georgia. Um, so there's obviously a prior connection, a guy he knows well, he works with well, and it was a chance to – you know, keep another a good recruiter on staff in Bobby Bentley, and also add a coach in Thomas Brown with a with a good track record and a good recruiting reputation too. So, that one made a lot of sense. Whereas, you know, now it's been known for a while that South Carolina would would have a change on the defensive line, able to go and and sort of uh, cast a little bit of a wider net and try to find some guys to focus on and and uh, see where the chips may fall. Chris, you mentioned something interesting a little bit ago that I want to come back to. There's a balance when you are reworking your staff and for South Carolina you mentioned they have some defensive players coming in on official visits this weekend and you don't want them to come in and not have their point of contact but the other side of that as you mentioned you don't want to rush a hire like this you want to make sure you get the right guy so what's the balance between making sure you get the right guy but also having these kids be assured that whoever you get they're going to get along with they're going to know they're going to respect they're going to have a good relationship with because I think that's important in a lot of these guys sure. recruitment that's a great question I mean I think with Will Muschamp looking at Sorrells for example that's the guy who I think we're referring to for this weekend that's a prospect that Will Muschamp and defensive coordinator Travaris Robinson have really done the lion's share of the work with so um, Muschamp especially in these last few weeks you know knowing that there was going to be um, a change on the staff you know they really dug in and he's really and you can you can say that about several defensive linemen from recently where Rick Sandage was mainly you know Bobby Bentley and Muschamp and Travaris Robinson and uh, Zach Pickens, Muschamp was so huge in, and then Mike Peterson and Travaris Robinson. But Muschamp, typically with a lot of these top targets, has so much involvement, and that's a good strategy. Now, with a guy like Sorrells, even if they didn't have a guy in place this coming weekend, can still sell him all, on all the other aspects of the program, maybe give him an idea of what they're, what they're looking to go get or where things stand. Um, then you have the new ops building things of that nature that you can sell him on. And you, he can go back and look at his track record. Look, I've, I've always had defensive line coaches – for the most part, that have been productive, that have been good recruiters, so I'm going to hire a good a good candidate. And being able to walk through that ops building is no doubt going to help. The, the videos that have been circulating on Twitter yeah. are extraordinary. And Chris, you actually got to walk through there last weekend, right? Yeah, I, I took a I took a quick look, and it was uh, it was really impressive. We're going to have a uh, a full media tour on February 4th when everything's done. I got to see like a little bit of the area around there, and um, I think people are going to be impressed. Did you get a haircut? Yeah. <laughs> no, I did not get a haircut. Okay, I guess the, I guess the my understanding in the hat, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, exactly. right. He needs a. He my understanding the 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 haircut the uh, the haircut the the barber shop 
apparently is actually attached to the locker room. Like when you walk in the locker room, it's it's right near there. So, uh, but it is it's going to be a neat area. They're still working on some things in there, and I imagine before we get the full media tour, they're going to have uh, everything pretty pretty situated. But it's it's something that the coaches and the players are still able to utilize right now, and they're going to start showing it off this coming weekend to a bunch of juniors that are going to be in town the next uh, three weekends. Really, yeah, the players are really excited about it. And the guy we just talked about, Sorrels, obviously the big name, uh, one someone that I think people have been keeping an eye on for a while. Who are some of the other guys that are going to be here this weekend, and what should we expect out of their visits? Well, I, yeah, I think uh, the other guy to watch is DeQuanteus uh, Watts, who is the uh, big time cornerback South Carolina has been on for a while now. Uh, Brian McClendon had his in-home. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, so that was yesterday, Wednesday. Um, you know, a, a guy they've been on, in on for a while, you know, I, I guess towards the end of the year, they sort of made a big move on him and, and brought him in for an unofficial visit. They'll get him in on the official this weekend. And, you know, and then uh, a ton of juniors are, are coming yep. in. And that that's sort of that's sort of where we are now. I mean, junior, junior days always – not I shouldn't say always, but for the last few years, they were already doing junior days this time of the year. But – especially now when you have the majority of your 2019 class signed, I mean, the focus becomes underclassmen. And we're talking 2020 guys, we're talking 2021s. And, uh, you know, you do everything you can to go ahead and get them in. Um, you know, I believe, Chris, you kind of been working on a, a list there on, on Gamecock Central. Uh, you got cut. You want to name a few of the guys? Yeah, right it's now? hard to narrow it. A lot of good ones, so it's hard to narrow it down. I mean, linebacker's a position people have, have talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. So a couple from North Carolina, Trent Simpson, who – has really blown up lately. Georgia, Tennessee offered in the past few days. South Carolina has been in there early. Mo Caba, who's another linebacker that um, I think could really see his stock rise this spring and summer, is coming in. Then you got some guys, you know, offensive lineman Avery Jernigan, uh, Micah Morris, who's a big time offensive lineman from Georgia in the 21 class. Um, Alex Huntley from down the road in Hammond. Uh, Kedrick Bingley Jones out of North Carolina, who's a four star who just decommitted from Florida, mm-hmm. among others. I mean, but, yeah. but a lot of big time talent coming in. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I think that that's what I'm most curious about. And and you know, when, when they take these visits, you're always kind of looking for uh, when we do interviews with kids, we're always like looking for a focus. And, and sometimes, I mean, let's be honest some some of the interviews are just as cookie cookie cutter as they could be you know how did you have a good time yeah I had a good time I enjoyed the atmosphere I like the coaches Um, you know this is how coach wants to use me Um, and it's hard sometimes to find an actual focus on a recruiting article but uh, this week and next weekend and the week after uh, the ops building like I'm I'm interested to see the reaction from these prospects because these are like Chris said these are all big time prospects they're taking visits to other schools as well many I mean uh the Bingley Jones kid who's from North Carolina was was committed to Florida. You know, he was committed to a major SEC program. I'm curious to hear the reactions from these prospects when they start to compare the ops building to what they've seen at, at other major programs. So I, I think the next few weeks, um, I'd imagine that's going to be the focus of the junior days. They'll do all the normal stuff, but, I mean, you just you literally just open this thing. So that's going to be the primar- primary thing you're showing off, and um, – that's probably going to be the focus, I think, on our interviews as well. And we already heard Thomas Brown say that it's as nice a facility as he's seen anywhere in the country. A guy that has, mm-hmm. you know, played at the top level, that's coached at the top level, that has seen a lot of nice facilities, a lot of nice programs around the country. So certainly means a lot to hear that from him. One thing that I'm just sort of 
personally curious about. So, you know, we have guys that visit, obviously, throughout the course of the season, and a lot of times they'll they'll come on game weeks because you want them to sit in there and to get the atmosphere of, of a game day. And, you know, regardless of how the game goes, they get to see 2001. They get to see the pyrotechnics as long as those are working correctly. They get to see the actual game day atmosphere. But for the guys that come in the off season, one, is it really just a scheduling issue where they weren't able to get those guys in, you know, during the season? Or, you know, is there sort of a, you know, a separate itinerary with those guys that they bring in after the season that don't necessarily have a game to go to? I mean, I I don't know about you, Chris, but I, I kind of think you almost prefer to have the guys come on the official yep. when there's not a game. You know, you get them in for an unofficial. You know, ideally, if there's someone who's close enough to travel, you know, you get them in unofficially for the game, let them check out the game, see the locker room atmosphere, you know, see the coaches for a minute or, you know, right before the game. But then your focus as a program is on winning that football game. So then official visit weekend, if you can do it after the season, you really have the opportunity to show everything about the program. You have the chance to put your sole focus as a coaching staff on making sure that not just the kid, but mama and daddy. I think the, the official visits are just as much about the parents getting all their questions answered. It's about the kids having fun and, sure. you know, seeing Muschamp's house and eating. All the kids always talk about the food and, what you know, what do they get to eat and stuff like that. But for mama and daddy, a lot of times, or coach, it's about answering those final questions. So when your focus is on the official visit, the official visit only, then uh, I think that lends itself to a more – complete experience and I think if you get a prospect th- this isn't like the magic bullet but if you can get a guy on campus like three to four times in various capacities various types of visits I think that really enhances your chances I mean I think back to last class there are a lot of guys that fit this bill that one one that came to my mind was Ja'Kai Moore mm-hmm. he was on campus in the spring I think for a junior day and they got to see facilities and hang out and do all that type of stuff so that's sort of what some of these 20 and 21 prospects are going to be doing he came in the summer, worked out with Eric Wolford, so he got a feel for what it would be like to work with his future coach, got to see some other things. Then he was back. Uh, well, he took an official visit in the spring, too. Mm-hmm. So he, he took advantage of that spring official visit. His mom got to see the academics, all that. He came back in the summer, and then he returned for a game, right? So right, yeah. he got to see the game atmosphere. So he really – they touched on all those different things with Ja'Kai – and I think that really helped out. So if you can get a guy to campus several times and give him those different types of experiences, I think that helps. Obviously, you have to have the the quality visits, too. It can't just be the number, but it seems like what you are yeah. saying is it's just about as many different points of contacts, as many different contexts in which you can get these guys on campus is going to help solidify your, I guess, security with that school. Uh, one more quick thing. You guys mentioned some of the bigger juniors that are coming here that you know are going to be headliners of the class, but any guys that you have watched that you have your eye on that could be some sleepers or maybe someone that isn't super high on South Carolina right now that they'll have a chance to, to really turn into a, a Carolina commit this weekend? Um, do you have a guy on commit watch at this point? You know, you, you, you never know. You know, sometimes going into these visits, you, you have an idea. There aren't any that we know of that are, say, imminent, but it's always possible. I mean, you know, for, for me, I think about a guy, not necessarily who may commit, but a guy like Avery Jernigan, who's an offensive lineman out of Georgia, um, who's really liked Auburn and South Carolina, and he's already been on campus several times. You know, sort of that same trajectory. He's taken a, a junior day visit in the past. He's been on campus, worked out in camp. Um I think this weekend, if he has another good visit, could really solidify South Carolina's things. I don't know that he'll commit, mm-hmm. per se, but he's one that stands out. Well, I think it's always interesting. You have uh, 
for some of these guys, like this will be their first experience yeah. with South Carolina. And uh, so they're like what you would say sort of stage one of the recruiting process what, as far as South Carolina is concerned anyway. And then you have these other guys who have maybe been on the recruiting radar for a long time and have been on campus and have taken visits. And, um, I mean, and then even some, you know, Will Shipley, 2021 yeah. kid, who's a running back slash wide receiver type, uh, do-it-all athlete. I mean, he's already he's already taken in, you know, camp with South Carolina. He was at practice during the bowl week and just um, – now he's going to check out a junior day. So he's already sort of – the process is – it's early for him, but it's already moving right along. So, um, I mean, you know, you mentioned Kedrick Bingley-Jones, Bingley who has been committed to Florida, just recently decommitted. But, um, you know, I, I think he camped with South Carolina last year. Um, I know he was at 7-on-7, seven seven, I think, playing linebacker maybe. Yep, he and, was. Uh, has been in for games already. And, uh, you know, so it, it's different – points of the process for different kids and some of them want to just get it over with and then you you inevitably will have the guys that have no plans right now of committing but just will get there and get blown away and be like the ops building's amazing you know whatever it may be and then just say i'm going to commit and then for those guys a lot of times it becomes a situation where you gotta it maybe have to work hard, harder to hold on to those guys than than the kid who's decided beforehand hey i'm i'm gonna commit during this timetable i think this is great for me because really my frame of reference for recruiting is ncaa football and you know you always want to schedule your all, all your official visits for like the big games and you don't do as much in the off season so it's, you mean it's the good video, to get the video game yeah yeah, yeah. yeah which yeah. doesn't exist anymore i know yes. r.i.p which is you know that's really terrible unfortunately uh but but that's my frame of reference so it's good to get you know the actual insights the ins and outs yeah. of how this works uh before we get out of here guys south carolina big winner 74 71 in nashville over vanderbilt last night they keep it rolling four and zero in the sec and most importantly doing it in just absolutely heart-stopping fashion they continue to win close games whether it was buzzer beater in florida overtime win against mississippi state or trailing most of the game against vanderbilt last night somehow pull out the win you guys are close to the program. What are they putting in the water in the locker room? Uh, I mean, in, in in bizarre fashion too. I mean, yeah. you look at uh, Chris Silva had what two points in the game and, and fouled he, out and and fouled out. Yeah, for them to win, how they're winning is uh, the most impressive. And um, man, you look at you look at Keyshawn Bryant. I thought just from what you heard about the kid and read about him, all anybody talked about was his athleticism, which rightfully so you see him there was a play where he almost jumped over Chris Silva I don't know if y'all saw that he's going for and Chris Silva had to catch him uh which Chris Silva caught him put him on the ground and then went for the rebound um which was crazy but I thought okay this is going to be that athletic kid who comes in but it's going to take two three years to try to develop his skill set and then you look at him you're like this kid has an actual basketball skill set too um you know, he made a play against Missouri where, you know, late in the game, in the lane, where he's going in almost out of control, but then pulls up, goes around the guy as opposed to hitting him, and uh, finger rolls the ball in. And I said, so, okay, this guy has a, a skill set. He continues to show that. And so I, I think you look at him, you look at A.J. Lawson, and the uh, the young guys continue to grow up and to win a game on the road. And they haven't. They kept putting the graphic up. They hadn't won there since March 2010. March sixth, right. 2010. Yep. Insane. So uh, find a way to win is uh, is pretty uh, amazing. And, and this run, I mean, it just goes to show you, don't 
ever completely count out a Frank Martin basketball team because even the people who said, um, you know, even the people who are, are quote, I'll say it, are sunshine pumpers, um, you know, on Game Got Central, no, nobody was predicting 4-0. and Like, even if you believed, okay, give Frank Martin time, give him a chance to sort of rebuild this roster, even if you believe that, I don't, if you're saying you predicted 4-0, and you are a liar. So this has been awesome for them, and uh, I think uh, they deserve a ton of credit for sticking it out and, and staying the course. Yeah, and it's been somebody different every game. You know, these last few games, every, somebody different stepped up. Asani Gravitt's been huge. I mean, he what did he have, uh, 17 in the second half? I know at one point he had 15. I think he made a couple free throws. The tech that Vandy had was really the turning point. Ooh, yeah. Terrible, terrible play by their guy. Um, but, I mean, he made a big corner three. Um, he drew that tech, made a big corner three, made some free throws at the end after he got a rebound. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it was a huge, uh, huge win for them. Not that Vandy's a great basketball team, but a, a tough, tough place to win. And anytime you get a conference win, we knew it was going to be a grind this season. So, these are the type of games that they needed to win to get back on track. Couple close wins on the road. It's been exciting, and I think has given people a lot of anxiety, and probably shaved even a couple years off of people's lives. But ultimately, has been uh, has been really fun. All right, thanks, guys. We'll be back here every Thursday. The Gamecock Central Podcast title pending for Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark. I'm Pearson Fowler. You can catch me weekdays from 12 to 1 on 107.5 The Game. And thanks again for listening to the Gamecock Central Podcast. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere like that. We'll see you next week.